0: Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good
1: morning, 730 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. We're two hours away from the start of trading so far. Futures hanging in there. Looks like an up day at least to open the markets it will be the fourth day in a row we shall see walmart shares not going to open higher uh walmart cutting its annual sales forecast to relatively flat from a previous view of up 3% to 4% uh earnings per share of $4 to $4.30 the estimate is 4.13 rather wide there uh their first quarter comp sales disappointed uh and revenue was short walmart shares now down four point four percent on the day boeing we can mention them won't face labor strife later this year engineers and technical workers approving a six-year contract extension boeing shares flat in early trading now let's check in with michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines
2: mike thank you very much vice president joe biden says president barack obama is looking to nominate a supreme court candidate who's been supported by republicans in the past Republicans have threatened to block any action on the president's nominee to replace late Justice Antonin Scalia. Biden tells Minnesota Public Radio today that there are plenty of judges who seemingly fit the criteria. President Obama will announce his plans later today for his historic trip to Cuba next month. It would be the first time a sitting president has visited Havana since Calvin Coolidge in 1928. Not everyone is on board with the president's trip. Florida Congresswoman Eilina Ross-Laytonet.
3: How does that benefit the United States at all? Does it make us any safer to have a Cuban embassy in Washington? No, it makes us less safe.
2: The U.S. and Cuba recently signed an agreement to allow commercial flights between the two countries. Toyota is recalling about 2.9 million sport utility vehicles because of seat belts that might fail in a crash. More than 1.1 million of those SUVs are in the U.S. The recall covers RAV4 SUVs from 2005 through the 2014 model years. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Mike Labar. Mike?
1: Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Ray Katina Auto Group Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashower. John?
0: All right, Mike. The Chicago Blackhawks will be the White House today, honored for winning the Stanley Cup, third time in six years. They're atop the Western Conference again this season, showed why. At the Garden last night, they led the Rangers 2-0. They fell behind 3-2. A rookie led the Blackhawks back. Stalberg, first one in. Keith, up the boards and out. Rangers were in the middle of a
2: change. Here comes Panarin. He scores! A hat-trick for Artemi Panarin. Blackhawks take a 5-3 lead. And that was
0: the final NBC to call despite getting the captain Ryan McDonough back from his head injury. The first regulation time home loss for the Rangers since December 20th. College basketball and the sports best rivalry. Duke only led in the second half twice, never by more than a point. But the Blue Devils won at North Carolina, 74-73. St. John's 16-game losing streak, finally over, 80-65 to over DePaul. A win for Seton Hall that could help with NCAA hopes, 72-64 over Georgetown. Fordham beat UMass, St. Peter's top Manhattan. And Stony Brook's 18-game winning streak, longest in the nation, came to an end at Albany, 82-70. to With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stanley.
1: Thank you, John. As we mentioned, uh, S&P shares up by six points now, three-tenths of a percent as we get ready to see if we can do four days in a row. I don't know if it qualifies as a turnaround or not. Technical analysts tell you it's a bounce. We shall see. Ten-year note yield, though, higher than it was yesterday, 1.81 percent. This is Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. And welcome back to Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keen, as we mentioned, a Uh, A risk-on day for everyone except the British. The FTSE down by 21 points right now. They're kind of waiting to see what happens with this whole Brexit talk. The negotiations underway in Brussels. We'll see if Prime Minister Cameron comes up with a deal that he can sell to the British people. The rest of the world looking uh, reasonably happy. U.S. futures up across the board by uh, around three-tenths of a percent. The stock 600 in Europe is up by three points right now. That is eight-tenths of a percent. Time now for the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, partnering with government and industry to apply the university's world-class research assets to innovate and spur economic growth. Learn more at njit.edu.
4: Here is... Michael, good morning. 734 on Wall Street, and here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Tim Cook has picked a fight with the U.S. government, and Silicon Valley is joining his side from Google to Facebook. The industry's biggest names have rallied around Apple's chief executive officer after he vowed to resist a court order demanding it help unlock the iPhone of a shooter in the California terrorist attacks. Technologically speaking, Apple has the capability it needs to comply with the government's request, but giving the government a back door to its customers' private communication, it contends, would be a dangerous precedent, which could then lead to a relatively simple technical workaround to obtain call records, text messages, text messages, and other data. A coalition representing companies including Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and Twitter issued a statement reiterating that while it's extremely important to deter crime and terrorism, no company should be required to build back doors to their own technology. Separately, Google's chief executive, Sundar Pichai, explained that his company provides law enforcement access to data based on valid legal orders, but added that's wholly different than requiring companies to enable hacking of customer devices and data. And that's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Michael.
1: Thank you, Robert. Walmart, as we mentioned, uh, cutting their forecast for the year to relatively flat. Previous view was up 3 to 4%. They are, as so many companies are these days, blaming the dollar. They also cite recent store closings for the forecast and for the fact that comp sales are not going to be uh, significantly improving. They were uh, also uh, short on estimates. Shannon Pettypiece covers Walmart for Bloomberg News. Uh, Shannon, Walmart we know is in a uh, quote-unquote turnaround process. So do we look at their results in the most recent quarter as a failure of management, and the stock's getting killed now, down 4.5% mm-hmm. in early trading, or as just part of a bumpy step towards uh, the eventual achievement of their goals?
3: Um, Well, I mean, I guess, you know, it takes time to turn around the Titanic. Um, You know, they're a humongous company. They have almost uh, $500 billion in revenue each year. Um, So, you know, it it, it wasn't going to be painless. But uh, expectations have been sort of really, um, you know, low for among investors and analysts for Walmart. Um, You know, for example, uh, analysts were expecting um, same-store sales to increase about 1%. Uh, Walmart only increased them about uh, half a percent, 0.6%. You know, and for, you know, the next year, they had given this guidance in October saying that sales would grow about 3%. Uh, you know, investors weren't happy with that, but they had sort of grown to live with it. And then they said, uh, oh, well, wait, you know, that really didn't take into account how strong the dollar has been. You know, when you factor in currency, uh, it's going to be flat this year. And I think that's just sort of, um, you know, th- th- it's not, pleasing to investors, or they're at least saying, well, why do I stick around with a company that's not going to have any growth next year? There's plenty of companies that are still growing, you know, despite everything that's going on in the global economy.
1: Are these guys just getting killed by Amazon? I mean, Walmart was the world's biggest store, uh, destroying everybody through the 90s or early 2000s, and now they almost seem irrelevant in this age of Amazon.
3: Well... And, and I think, yeah, Amazon's kind of the elephant in the room. And when you look at e-commerce sales, they were up 8% in the quarter. Um, and that might sound good, but in context, they've been slowing. They were uh, uh, they were 10% last quarter. They were, um, you know, 15% uh, a quarter before. A year ago, they were around, you know, 20%. So part of that's the law of large numbers, but not a lot of that. I mean, when you look at Amazon, I mean, they are double-digit growth just you know, chugging away, no matter how big they get, um, you know, their growth is going faster and faster. So um I think, yeah, the online side, despite all the investment the company's been putting into that, it's at least as far as the perception is what investors want, it's not growing as fast as, as they want it to.
1: So what does Amazon say to investors on their call today? How do they keep them on board?
3: Oh, how does Walmart keep? Yeah, how does Walmart keep them on board? Um, you know, they are, you know, blaming currency. They're blaming these store closures, even though the store closures were a tiny rounding error for the company. Um, you know, they're blaming food deflation and milk and dairy. But again, you know, this is a huge company. You know, how much milk and dairy do they sell? Um, and uh, you know, the, I think the, the real message though is we've got a strategy in place. We're trying to fix up our U.S. stores. We're spending in our online operations. We're trying to get more competitive there. We have the strategy. We're sticking to it. We we see some signs that it's improving. We see the quality of our stores improving. We see slight improvements in traffic. Hey, at least our same-store sales weren't down, which was the case a couple of years ago. Um, you know, stick with our strategy. But I, I do always kind of note to Wal- on Walmart, um, you know, they're owned and controlled by the Walton family. And so there's at the very end of the day, there's only one shareholder that really matters, and that's the Walton family. And, um, you know, obviously they have to take into account the way – Wall Street fills and and respond to all of their shareholders, but that's who controls management. That's who controls the strategy, and as long as they're sticking by it, the family is, then you're probably not going to see any big drastic changes.
1: Shannon Pennypiece, thank you very much. Well, uh, the Walton family has a stock price of sixty-three thirty right now. That is down uh, four and a quarter percent from it uh, from where it closed yesterday at uh, sixty-six eleven, after re- reporting those disappointing shares. It may be weighing a bit on Walmart. Uh, I mean, on the markets, S and P now only up four points, two tenths of a percent. This is Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by the all-new BMW of Springfield. Find amazing pricing on every certified pre-owned BMW. Visit BMW com. Financing and
3: leasing available by BMW Financial Services.